Chapter One, Section Seventeen of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter One, Section Seventeen. Summary. At this point, where religion passes into philosophy, the discussion which has occupied the present chapter must close. So far it was necessary to proceed, in order to show how wide was the range of the religious consciousness of the Greeks, and through how many points of view it passed in the course of its evolution but its development was away from the greek and towards the christian and it will therefore be desirable in conclusion to fix once more in our minds that central and primary phase of the greek religion under the influence of which their civilization was formed into a character definite and distinct in the history of the world this phase will be the one which underlay and was reflected in the actual cult and institutions of greece and must therefore be regarded not as a product of critical and self-conscious thought but as an imaginative way of conceiving the world stamped as it were passively on the mind by the whole course of concrete experience of its character we have attempted to give some kind of account in the earlier part of this chapter and we have now only to summarize what was there said the greek religion then as we saw in this its characteristic phase involved a belief in a number of deities who on the one hand were personifications of the powers of nature and of the human soul on the other the founders and sustainers of civil society to the operations of these beings the whole of experience was referred and that not merely in an abstract and unintelligible way as when we say that the world was created by god but in a quite precise and definite sense the action of the gods being conceived to be the same in kind as that of man proceeding from similar motives directed to similar ends and accomplished very largely by similar though much superior means by virtue of this uncritical and unreflective mode of apprehension the greeks we said were made at home in the world their religion suffused and transformed the facts both of nature and of society interpreting what would otherwise have been unintelligible by the idea of an activity which they could understand because it was one which they were constantly exercising themselves being thus supplied with a general explanation of the world they could put aside the question of its origin and end 
and devote themselves freely and fully to the art of living unhampered by scruples and doubts as to the nature of life consciousness similar to their own was the ultimate fact and there was nothing therefore with which they might not form intelligible and harmonious relations and as on the side of metaphysics they were delivered from the perplexities of speculation so on the side of ethics they were undisturbed by the perplexities of conscience their religion it is true had a bearing on their conduct but a bearing as we saw external and mechanical if they sinned they might be punished directly by physical evil and from this evil religion might redeem them by the appropriate ceremonies of purgation but on the other hand they were not conscious of a spiritual relation to god of sin as an alienation from the divine power and repentance as the means of restoration to grace the pangs of conscience the fears and hopes the triumph and despair of the soul which were the preoccupations of the puritan were phenomena unknown to the ancient greek he lived and acted undisturbed by scrupulous introspection and the function of his religion was rather to quiet the conscience by ritual than to excite it by admonition and reproof from both these points of view the metaphysical and the ethical the greeks were brought by their religion into harmony with the world neither the perplexities of the intellect nor the scruples of the conscience intervened to hamper their free activity their life was simple straightforward and clear and their consciousness directed outwards upon the world not perplexedly absorbed in the contemplation of itself on the other hand this harmony which was the essence of the greek civilization was a temporary compromise not a final solution it depended on presumptions of the imagination not on convictions of the intellect and as we have seen it destroyed itself by the process of its own development the beauty the singleness and the freedom which attracts us in the consciousness of the greek was the result of a poetical view of the world which did but anticipate in imagination an ideal that was not realized in fact or in thought it depended on the assumption of anthropomorphic gods an assumption which could not stand before the criticism of reason and either broke down into scepticism or was developed into the conception of a single supreme and spiritual power and even apart from this internal evolution 
from this subversion of its ideal basis the harmony established by the greek religion was at the best but partial and incomplete it was a harmony for life but not for death the more completely the greek felt himself to be at home in the world the more happily and freely he abandoned himself to the exercise of his powers the more intensely and vividly he lived in action and in passion the more alien bitter and incomprehensible did he find the phenomena of age and death on this problem so far as we can judge he received from his religion but little light and still less consolation the music of his brief life closed with a discord unresolved and even before reason had brought her criticism to bear upon his creed its deficiency was forced upon him by his feeling thus the harmony which we have indicated as the characteristic result of the greek religion contained none of the conditions of completeness or finality for on the one hand there were elements which it was never able to include and on the other its hold even over those which it embraced was temporary and precarious the eating of the tree of knowledge drove the greeks from their paradise but the vision of that eden continues to haunt the mind of man not in vain if it prophesies in a type the end to which his history moves End of chapter 1 The Greek View of Religion Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey